Five, four, three, two, one. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles that we never could. Jennifer Smith, and I am here with my three handsome co-hosts, Tim Capel, Justin Rosero, Scott Rascolo. How y'all doing? Hello, everyone. How you doing? Trucking along, trucking along. Hello. The journey. All righty. Good, good energy already. I love it. <laughs> uh, we are finally um, into another film on our journey. We are on the 14th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Doctor Strange from 2016. Um, this one stars Benedict Cumberbatch and several, well, I guess almost all new um, characters. For us, uh, mm-hmm. an origin film for Doctor Strange. Um, Tim, what were your thoughts uh, about Doctor Strange when it first came out? Uh thought this movie had a lot of potential to really succeed and surprise people. Um, thought if they did it right, took the right ap- approach, it could like really blow people away. Cause it's such a under the radar type of character. Like it's similar to Iron Man. This is a character who's got a lot of history, been around since the sixties, but and, unless you're kind of a, a big time comics fan in the trenches, um, doesn't have that sort of mainstream, recognition so um that's always i feel like with marvel that's kind of a sneaky recipe for success look what they did again with iron man with guardians hell with thor and captain america so this could be another big success story for them um just making the most with uh somewhat limited a limited character pool so i was uh pretty pretty excited going in i mean i'm not a huge fan of the character from the comics or anything i just i thought it could translate to film really well how about you scott uh i was pumped i love dr strange i he was like my favorite after like the the big four of marvel you know iron man cap spidey hulk uh for me anyway uh Doctor Strange was like that next level of of book for me. I love the the mysteriousness of it, the cosmic, which is a word we'll say a lot tonight because that's mm-hmm. a big that's a big comic book word, cosmic. Um, but I love the book as a kid. I, I so I was pumped, and then when Cumberbatch was cast, I was even more excited because I think he'd be a good he he'd be a perfect based on the origin of him pre Doctor Strange uh, as Stephen Strange. 
Um, I think he was the perfect uh, choice. So when I saw when I heard that, I was doubly pumped. So I was very excited. Uh, I was curious to see. I think we were due for a new character. Um, I think Civil War, as we heard on our last exceptional episode, I think people, I don't want to say there was fatigue, but I think after what happened, I think everyone was ready for kind of a, all right, it's time to leave them alone for a while. <laughs> Let them lick their yeah. wounds and yeah. move on to something new and have a nice fresh character to enjoy. So it, this came at the perfect time for the, for the timeline to have somebody new to, to jump on while our, our beloved heroes kind of figure out what the fuck's going on in their heads. So I thought it was perfect at this moment for this movie. Justin, were you excited to get to Doctor Strange in your watch? Um, like going into it, not really. Honestly, mm. only because I didn't know him. I remembered a little bit um, when I listened to the Marvel pod, Tim, that you did way back when you guys were going through the old comics. And like I was trying to, it was kind of my first introduction, right? I was trying to read along a little bit. And I remember getting to him. And um, I, I think I, based on the name, the look, I thought it was going to be like more psychedelic. Like, yeah. I thought Doctor mm-hmm. Strange would be more, and, and I was glad it wasn't, but I was thinking more like um, hippie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's what it was originally or not, but that's what I was, based on the name, and that's what I was like envisioning it being, more of a hippie, holistic medicine guy. <laughs> um, I was glad it didn't turn out that way. But honestly, coming in, like I wasn't super pumped for it. I think because I wanted more, like to Scott's point, it was probably good they took the break from the story, but I think I was so into it, I wanted more of it. And it mm-hmm. felt like a, just a detour to me. Um that I wasn't prepared for, but uh, we'll talk about it because I ended up liking it and I like him. Uh, so it was good. It worked out, but heading in, that was kind of whatever. Yeah. And this is like very, very much a, like a shift um, into the cosmic um, realm or whatever they call it. <laughs> Doctor Strange. I don't think they call it cosmic, but um, <laughs> they uh, it's very based in like mysticism and all this Stuff that we're not really, we've not really been introduced to yet in the MCU. Um, so we kind of come to all of that the same way that Stephen Strange does. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the beginning part, like, stuff goes on that we don't really, we don't really know anything about any of this. Like, all this is new. So, um, Tim, what did you think about uh, the the sort of shift in the tone of this movie. I like that this was opening up, just continuing the Marvel cinematic approach of expanding the world more and more with like mm-hmm. each movie. Um, and this is a new character, which is, you know, very welcome, um, like you guys talked about. But pretty much from the get-go, you know, this guy's going to be a heavy hitter. You know, different mm-hmm. from somebody like... Ant-Man, you know, Ant-Man can produce a pretty good movie, but we discussed how he's a little bit of a, a B-lister, um, even in his own feature, kind of by design. And, and it's that's fa- only it's Falcon, you know, that's what you could tell. It lose, yeah, jobs to Falcon, right? But but that's fine. I mean, it works for what it is. Um, and it, it doesn't have, like, aspirations for being something bigger than it is. Um, no pun intended for Ant-Man. Uh, I hate myself for that. Um <laughs> But with Doctor Strange, you're like, oh, yeah, I do too. <laughs> we're getting into now new worlds, quite literally, all this mm-hmm. mysticism, and we're talking about different dimensions, and we learn about sanctums and how the the Earth is like constantly under siege from these 
these extra dimensional beings and nobody knew all this stuff was just out there all right. along. Right? <laughs> like you never knew, you never knew like anything about Asgard. You never knew um, that apparently the earth of the Marvel cinematic universe <laughs> had a very different version of world war two. Um, just <laughs> all of this history, all of these things that are just existing um, and that we're learning about as, as we just sort of, go movie by movie it just i love the way that it just sort of peels those layers back me too um and we also get an origin story uh for stephen strange who is a um sort of an asshole if we're being honest uh sort of <laughs> asshole surgeon uh yes a um arrogant um cocky brilliant neurosurgeon um who gets in a car accident and injures his hands and can't be a surgeon anymore and he cannot live with that um so basically he scours the world uh to find some experimental you know whatever to fix his hands and um his buddy lets him know about hey you remember that time i got paralyzed and now i can walk and uh, then he tells him how all that happened <laughs> and so that leads stephen strange on his journey thoughts about all of this scott um well you know it's funny because we we talk about all of the original pre superpower characters and um i guess before this movie i guess the closest asshole is probably tony but tony's kind of a lovable asshole mm -hmm. he's not a dick to people for the most part like the everyday person he's kind of a dick to people his equal whereas this is the first uh character or first like person who's just a dick to everybody mm -hmm. so it is a, it is a fascinating um situation where uh like tony in the first iron man you know he's sitting in the jeep with the with the soldiers and you know he's kind of a pompous douche but he's nice to them whereas stephen strange even though he's listening to i think it was steely dan while he was doing that surgery. no it was uh chuck no, mangione oh, uh, chuck mangione right that's yes. right yes how, how could how could either of us remember i that? made a note yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> how did we not remember that um uh you know and you think to yourself, if you're someone like Justin who never watched it before or knew the character at all, you're like, oh, my God, this is like grade A asshole. Is he going to be an asshole when he's got the superpowers? So it's it's fascinating for someone who doesn't know the backstory to uh, understand this guy is going to be an integral part of our story down the line. And you're going to end up loving him, even though you fucking hate his guts right now. Um, and uh, I think the. The, the best part of the character is actually when he is looking for a solution. He's not even humble there. Like, he doesn't even humble himself no, to people looking for a solution. He's even a dickhead looking for a solution. He can't even be nice to people who could help him. He's just not nice at all. So it's, it's a fascinating case study as compared to Tony or Steve or, you know, Scott or anybody else who are, you know, might be a little pompous, a little arrogant, but for the most part have a good heart and are generally nice, even though they might be a little uh, full of themselves, whereas Stephen Strange literally is the most unlikable person to this point in the MCU in terms of guys that would be good guys. So it's a, 
you know, for someone like like, you know, Tim or me and Jenny who kind of knew the backstory, you're like, oh, I'm just curious how Cumberbatch is going to um, reflect that arrogance. Mm-hmm. But for someone like Jr., who doesn't know anything, uh, I, it's probably, I'm sure it was pretty fascinating to be like, God, what a dick. When you don't yeah. even say that to yourself, to Tony in the first Iron Man, who's sort of the same kind of dick, but not really, you know? No, I even have, like, a note that says, like, you know, he's a real piece of shit. Because um, <laughs> he is. Uh, I thought it was different, too, to get the medical stuff. Like, that's not something we see in this in this world really too much. Like, it felt just like an NBC drama for a while there when we were just in the hospital early on. And out comes fucking Rachel McAdams. Like, I'm still, I think I've talked about this on the earliest ones we did. But I, I still get shocked when, like, big stars come out of these movies. I think because of my intro with those Netflix shows that didn't really have them. Um, so, like, when she pops up, you know like waiting for like fucking Vince Vaughn to show up to or something. But it was, uh, it was random, but she was good. I, I actually thought she was really good. I thought she was one of the ones that uh, blended the most into the role without feeling overwhelming as a star in it. Like I thought she was solid. Uh, I liked too, when he gets the call right before the car accident about war machine getting paralyzed, it kind of set the timeline, like where we're at and mm-hmm. like in indirectly tied things together for us, which I right. thought was a cool way to do it. Um, it wasn't forced. It was just kind of snuck in. And, you know, if you hadn't seen the other stuff, I guess you may be a little confused or not sure. But if you have, you, you kind of get it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool. And then that car crash was, they really did it up well. Like it was really fu- fucking nasty. He really gets hurt. He yeah. fucked up bad. Um, but what I did like was how quickly they moved through the background. Like they didn't fuck around at all. Like he's an asshole. We learn that he's an asshole. We learn that he's super successful. And then he gets to the car accident. And then his hands are fucked up. And then he's trying to learn how to use his hands again. He's a dick to Rachel McAdams. Then he meets the, he gets turned on to the guy who's playing basketball, who talks about how he got healed. You know, it's like all that happens pretty quick, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. Like we didn't need a ton of time to get through all of that. So like we got bigger shit to get to. So I liked that we didn't spend a ton of time diving into all his backstory. We just got to the point and then got him on his way to Kung Lao, whatever, wherever he said. Um, so I want to talk about Rachel McAdams, Tim. What are, what are your thoughts about her role in this? Uh, hmm. This is that, um, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's that, that Marvel female character problem, right. which you know, has been real hit and miss with these movies. Sometimes they get it right, but about the other half of the time they they really don't um i don't i don't mind her her casting at all or mm-hmm. uh i mean the character is fine it's just she feels super underwritten like mm-hmm. i mean didn't need to like didn't need to be rachel mcadams could have been pretty much anybody <laughs> for yeah. right for what the role was, is was she meant to be like a big like who is that character in, in, well, like, the, in the it's comics, weird except... like the character in this movie her name is Christine Palmer. Now, you um, you go on the Wikipedia for this. I'll, I'll give myself away, but uh, there's a hyperlink to that name to the Night Nurse article on oh. Wikipedia. Now, mm-hmm. Night Nurse, her character in the comics was that that name was not Christine Palmer. It was she was somebody called Linda Carter. Um, Wonder Woman. <laughs> I always thought that was hilarious to be honest. I, know. I always love that. So is this a different night nurse than the one that's in like the Netflix I think shows? That was the idea at first. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but then again, like Daredevil had already started, right? This is 2016. Yeah. Oh, sure. was oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. 15. So I think initially she may have been written um, as if she was going to be that character and maybe they changed it, changed their minds once, um, you know, Daredevil kind of took off and they used more the, um, the character in that who again is, is she's not, in a bunch of those shows. I mean, she, yeah, crosses over she becomes like the linchpin of all of them. They're like, well, maybe we don't use, you know, um, we don't do that same character basically, which what a Bushmaster runs her off. <laughs> <laughs> Love the Bushmaster. So Master. Master. So I don't know. There might've been stuff going on behind the scenes. There, some bullshit politics in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it says um, Palmer's also known as the hero Night Nurse in the comics, a storyline that does not play into the film, but could be hinted was hinted it could be explored in future films. Rosario Dawson portrays another Night Nurse character, Claire Temple, hmm. in the Netflix show. Yeah, because so, it definitely to me it, felt like it wasn't. Like it wasn't like a Jane Foster situation where it's meant to be like a main character. It almost right. felt like it was just kind of a background character. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't, I didn't take it necessarily as much that it's just another week. You know, we've talked about so the week female presentation. Mm-hmm. This to me just felt like by design it was not meant to be a str- like she right. didn't really have a role in the story. Yeah. Of Doctor Strange to me, whereas like the other ones are like a major part of the show. Yeah, her role is just to serve him, basically, like show that he's uh, maybe a little bit of a nice guy or he used to be when they dated because they're not technically together because um, like they're uh, they have a past, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I always forget kind of she's in this movie. So mm. <laughs> um, mm. not super memorable for me. But somebody who is super memorable for me in this is who um, Stephen Strange meets. Um, he meets the Ancient One. And um, this is a very um, striking looking character. Um, uh, Tilda Swinton, completely bald. Um, yeah, she already had two strikes against me from this jump. I, I, I don't like short hair mm. uh, like that. And no, bold, bold no, hair. <laughs> no, no. And I don't... Uh, I don't like names where they're not real names. It's like, I need a name. My ancient one doesn't work for me. That's uh, not a real name. No. Even if her name was like Sundial, like, give me something. Like, <laughs> the ancient one, it's like a, it's like a Vince McMahon thing. Like, instead of like the name, we're getting the nickname, you know, which I just getting a, a description of the character. Yeah. Right? You know, like, half like, last name. Yeah. You know, it's just whatever. What was that? It was like, Scott, what was the Paul Ondorf, the, uh, the herb note we just read. What the fuck? Uh, the the lion or whatever the fuck. Oh, the lion. Yeah, the lion. It's like I don't. I don't want the lion. Give me the you lion. Know, <laughs> if you give me Paul right. the lion, that's at least something. But Paul the lion. I need a name. I need a name. I I, I don't. I, ancient one doesn't work for me. Well, I mean, I, I believe there was some issue with her casting because I think the um, the ancient one is actually a like an Asian dude in the comics. Is that right, Scott? He's an old yeah. Tibetan man. Yes, old Tibetan man. Yep, old Tibetan man. Yep. So, is that a weird choice um, for switching out gender bending these characters, Scott? Um, be honest with you, it didn't even phase me. I I, I was cool with it. Didn't it didn't matter to me. Um, I, in the the TV film, he was voiced. It was voiced by a guy in the late seventies. Um. 
Nah. However, if you're going to do that, uh, you can't, you know, you can't, uh, you know, Natalie Portman it. <laughs> if right. you're going to do it, if you're yes. going to do it, you better do it. Kind of right. did. And, well, it should have probably been an Asian woman. I mean, is that kind of what you're saying? Like, like it's probably okay that they're going to female, um, but I think. I mean, uh, they could have, but I think Tilda Swinton's fine. I think she carries some, uh, she carries. Yeah. I mean, if it was, that's fine. But I mean, she carried a, a, a presence on the screen that I thought was perfectly. I just mean um, from a right thing to do optics point of view you know what i mean like right yeah you know like a lot of these movies come under fire for this type of stuff anyway seems like a layup washing yeah. yeah they sort of they sort of traded one set of optics for another here I, I feel like they're a little bit sneaky about this one it i don't know it makes me laugh in a way because you're like oh you know they're taking this this asian character from the comics and you know they're whitewashing him now now you know this this should be an asian actor and it's like mm-hmm. well now, if you criticize it, you're you're misogynistic because they right. turned they, they gender flipped him as well. So, oh, yeah, I think Asian would have been the way to go, probably. Probably so. Michelle probably. Yeo. <laughs> so even like the, what's of... her name from the Netflix show? Like, would have been fine. She was good. Madam Gal. No, no, no. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Can hobble it around her head. Uh, uh, no, uh, Colleen, be with her Colleen from uh, Iron Fist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Oh, she was good. I feel okay. like they tried to insulate themselves against that that criticism a little mm-hmm. bit. I don't know how effective it necessarily was. Like, I, you know, I I can't say I've got a horse in that race, but it is what it is. All right. So by the time he gets to the ancient one, um, and then she sort of exp- I'm going to use she. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, explains the pronouns. <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> The concept to him was anybody else super fucking confused and like what the shit and then they go into this amazing visual of what she's trying to tell you and then you're like holy shit your mind is blown. Yeah it was all like everything was confusing to me like even that intro that we didn't really talk about too much but where they all storm the library and kill the guy and take the book. Yeah. The dude looks like uh. Oh when Q sieges the capital in the beginning. Yeah, the guy from uh, what's the guy from and steal select pages out of the <laughs> Constitution. What's his name with the ponytail? Um, he stole the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, yes. Tim, refresh my name. What's the Karate Kid guy? Crease is uh, the guy who's going to show up probably in the next season of Cobra Kai. Oh, uh, 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 uh Terry Silver. Terry Silver. Yes. Terry Silver the book. Terry Silver is Q. Terry Silver is Q. So anyway, uh. Yeah, so even then I was like kind of confused with what was going on with that chase and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they did a fine job because this is Scott mentioned earlier, like this is a real big diversion from everything we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. So they have to like A establish Stephen Strange, B establish the existence of this world, and C tell us what the fuck it all means, all within like this first hour, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought like it may feel a little bit exposition y. But I think they kind of had to do it this Definitely. way. So they sent him on this acid trip through the multiverse with her narrating. But it was like kind of the only way to do it where you're going to catch everyone up on what's going on quickly. Yes. What What did you think of the visuals there? Like, what was that like? It was chaotic, but I, I thought yeah. it was really good. Like, I thought it was well done. It definitely made you feel like you were along with him on the ride. Like it was like a 3D ride or something. It really did 
feel like the comics brought to life too because mm, yep. that's a yep. big part of Doctor Strange comics is just him going on these out of body jaunts basically through the astral plane and I mean he does it deliberately like he meditates and you right. see like a spirit image float up out of his body um and I just did a funny hand motion you couldn't see to uh <laughs> Punctuate I that. You, I, I imagined you doing. That. Thank you. I kind of shimmied a little bit like a snake. Okay. Well, it's funny because my spirit left my body and was in your room when you did it. So oh, okay. So it did see that. Very I good. just moved your hand for you. So. Oh, oh. that's <laughs> animated. Very cool. There you go. Um, um, so, and to see it like forcefully happen here, where she just like knocks the shit out of it, and it's like the the soul like leaves mm -hmm. his body is like a very cool visual. Awesome. And he needed it, like. This was yeah. his, Jesus like slap in the face. Like you think you're a fucking stud and a star and you're just a nothing piece of shit that I can, I can destroy you like in 30 seconds if I wanted to, not even 30 seconds, you know, and like, she'd never be able to explain all of that. I mean, she tried, but like, just yeah. do this. And then like, I can end your entire reality, buddy. <laughs> or shut the fuck up and listen. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I think it was good for him as like character development because even then he's still kind of a prick after that, but mm -hmm. he's like starting to break through a little bit. And I thought the whole thing had a very big, like star Wars feel as well with the uh, apprentice kind of like the dark side piece to it, where she's kind of hesitant to train him because of the previous apprentice kind of went rogue and snapped. And um, she's trying to teach him everything. Cause she kind of feels the force in him, but is also a little bit worried because he is such a prick that, you know, is he going to end up being power hungry and only wants it to fix his hands and doesn't, right. you know, isn't going to treat the power as it should be because he is strong enough to, to take it. What do you think about that um, analogy, Scott? Uh, I like it. I, I agree. Um, and I also, to back up what Tim said um, uh, about the visual, because <clears throat> I, I was blown away. I was, I felt like I was in that realm because mm -hmm. if you go back to the books, um, Strange was probably the most colorful in terms of, of the books, even in the 60s, maybe next to, uh, maybe even next to the beginnings of X-Men, because again, you go to the, the base ones, maybe Thor was, was because he was in that same kind of uh, uh, landscape. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, Iron Man, Cap, they were all Earth-based, so they were very basic kind of earthy colors, greens and grays and stuff like that. Whereas Strange is a very colorful pinks and reds and and white and and bright yellow, bright blue. Like it's the best. They they did an amazing job of giving you on the screen what the books would look like if you gave it that kind of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, cinematic boost. Uh, because the, the Strange books were like that. Very colorful, very uh, bright. And they did an amazing job of that. Whether it made any sense or not, you you kind of take it for what it is and maybe think about it. But the analogy you made is, is perfect. But I love that scene because. Me too. To, to again, to, to JR's point. I don't know how in words you could explain what the fuck is going mm. on. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So fuck it. Just give us a big light show and we'll go. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's no problem in that. It's just like, okay, all right. We're like in another existence. Neato. We're never going to understand any of it. I mean, right. right. So right. to your point, it's like just make it entertaining and look yeah. crazy because right. there's zero way to really explain what, what the hell this is all about. Even if you did, you're never going to get it. Well, Especially, and by design, it's, it's yeah. magic. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's magic. Yep. It's, 
explained to a very, you know, intelligent, rational scientist, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's just, but the change in him, you know, he becomes quite, you know, enamored of all this, you know, yeah. uh, so he begins his training, um, he meets one of the other, what do we call, what are their, like, monks, sure. I mean, Sorcerer. Okay, there you go. Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Um, so he meets his buddy Wong, um, who I believe is a fan favorite. I mean, yeah, he's pretty great in this. Yeah, he is. I agree. Um, he's funny. Um, you know, he doesn't really take a lot of Steven shit, which is great. Um, teaches him a lot, and um, I really enjoyed him in this one. What did you think of Wong, Tim? Um. Kind of, kind of a cool. Uh, what could have been just a, you know, a sidekick type character. Think of. Um, uh, why am I blanking on uh, the name of uh, of Ant Man's buddy, Lewis. Louis, 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 excuse me, <laughs> Louis. God, total the Samuel the Giant situation right there. <laughs> Samuel, <laughs> Samuel <Louis> Maynard. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Sorry. What's Louis. up, Lewis? Big Lou? <laughs> Big Lou. Yeah. Shit. Hey, Big oh. Lou's here to save us all. <laughs> so it could have been like that, where he's just pure comic relief, but they do make him, mm. you know, more of a presence in this movie. And uh, again, another departure from the comics, but mm-hmm. he is a pretty minor character in the comics and, and a little bit. He's probably the most effective sidekick in the universe. Right? Or at least one yeah. of, like he's kind of yeah. borderline top star, especially like in future movies. Like his role, like you know, he's he's a pretty badass. Pretty good. I, I like him. I like it too with the uh, where he's like people used to think I'm funny, and he goes, "Did they work for you?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Uh, him listening to Beyonce was good. They'd so like, they, yeah, they had some real funny moments in there with him, and it's a good character that you. It's an easy comedy slash serious character to play not easy but like you know it, it's one that you could portray that way without too much of a problem because he's going to be looked at as serious as given the role but you can put this dry humor into him and and the actor does a really good job yeah he really does works it's one of those like you don't want to do a faithful comics representation too much because mm-hmm. comics wong is literally referred to a manservant and does martial arts and <laughs> just a little bit it wouldn't play real good and uh kind of like sensei patanaka you're saying basically <laughs> yeah yeah uh so another character that we have um is carl mordo um what were your thoughts on mordo scott uh i liked him uh i think you needed a skeptic uh, in the group, in the in the group of sorcerers, like you know, Wong, Wong uh, is is not skeptical. He's um, curious about Stephen, but is willing to give him a chance. And Mordo's more like, "Fuck this guy, fucking douche." He's not going to come in here and be like, "Hey, I can do this and shit." So the fact that he was, I, I like the character because I think you needed somebody there who wasn't going to, who not only was not going to put up with his bullshit, but isn't going to let him even you know be part of this group like this is a this requires a lot of responsibility you're not just gonna come yeah it takes it like and fucking leave yeah it takes like super serious right like he's very into it and yeah he feels like strange isn't worthy it reminded me a lot of um 
not to keep going back to the Netflix stuff, but there's so many parallels in in Iron Fist with the uh, what's the guy's uh, not Davari, what's the guy's name that comes over from England or whatever? That's his, you know, his old friend from yeah. that he trained with or whatever that takes it more seriously than him and felt like he mm-hmm. should have been Iron Fist, etc. Right? Like that's what this kind of feels like. Like he's not happy that this guy who's not serious or taking it seriously or respecting it is getting all the love and attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but he was yeah. okay. I thought he was kind of the weakest, honestly, of everyone um, as a character. I don't think he was meant to be ridiculously strong. I think he was just there to be mm. kind of the bellwether of the different uh, feelings of Steven in their realm. Like, the Ancient One's like, he's kind of a douche, but we kind of need him. Wong is like, yeah, fuck it. He'll be fine. So Mordo's more like, fuck this guy, get him out of here. So mm. it was different levels. So I don't think he needed to be, like, over the top anyway, but he definitely fit uh that slot pretty well well he's all they're also setting up kind of a heel turn for him right Mm -hmm. so you can't do but so much i feel like while he is just straight playing it straight down the middle like he's an ally fellow sorcerer uh but i i did like that he was he was really a true believer and when he realizes that the ancient one sorry Sorry, Justin. Sundial. Sundial. <laughs> Sundial was basically Cue like ball. being kind of an asshole about this, mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm going to teach you our ways and we're going to defend the earth against all these threats and you'll be in charge of these different sanctums. But you have to do it a certain kind of way. Like all this this extra stuff that I use, like you don't get access to that. Right. Um. So he's got a he's kind of got a point where he's like, well, what the fuck, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, right. and, and like, you know, this total outsider comes in and, you know, you basically get busted. So now he can do it, but we can't do it. It's like, she kind of coddled them like children and mm. kind of, and it's sort of shitty. So it's setting him up as, as like that sympathetic villain. And I call him a villain mm-hmm. because he is the kind of main villain of comics, Dr. Strange, ultimately. Right. And so the difference. Yeah, and the difference here, Tim, is uh, in the comics, he's immediately a villain. There's no yeah. – because in the, in the comics, he tried to kill the Ancient One mm-hmm. and – or Sundial, um, you know, or, uh, you know, Timex watch, uh, whatever. And, and Strange tried to warn her, and he blocked him. And so or out of the gate in the comics, and it, he ends up becoming a Baron, so he's Baron Mordo. Baron Mordo. Baron Mordo. He's immediately a villain in the books, whereas here – so the whole – kind of a tweener thing was a cinematic mm. for lack of a better term uh uh decision creatively so th- they they kind of had to invent it so i don't think they wanted to go too crazy with it just enough for you to realize that he eventually is going to do the heel turn whereas in the comics he's a heel out of the gate so they kind of had to i feel like they had to kind of level it out without going too over the top right in this movie you'll maybe see it later on but yeah, I thought the reveal of like the history and the reason for all this was well done too. Like again, they have to work a lot in, and I think they do it pretty efficiently mm-hmm. with her talking about that. Even though, to your point, Tim, like she's kind of shitty about it all. Like, you know, I, I think in a way it's her trying to protect them, um, mm-hmm. but it also feels like yeah, like she's being shitty as it plays out later when Strange kind of pieces it together and tells on her right um, that it comes across like she's just hoarding all the power. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Mm. And that is 
kind of what our sort of villain uh, thinks as well, Tim, about the Ancient One. Um, that would be, what's his name? Cassius or Cassilius? Cassilius. You can just call yeah. him Q if it's easier. Okay, let's call him that then. I thought he looked like uh, a member of the Ascension. <laughs> <laughs> With the fucking eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, played fun. by the brilliant Mads Mickelson, who I love. Um, what did we think about uh, our villain in this one, Tim? I'm going to say wasted on the brilliant Mads. I would say that as well. <laughs> yep, I'm afraid. Definitely. This is again one of those Marvel Marvel movie problems that they don't always get it right. I'm feeling a little bit. Uh, a little bit like a Thor 2 situation here <laughs> with Malekith, who could have been anybody. And it's like, wh- why don't you just save yourself some money and just get any old fucking dude? Because <laughs> he did not need an actor of Mad Mickelson's talents for this guy. Definitely not. Um, He's the one in there stealing the pages from the book from the beginning, right? Yes, I will say in fairness, he's not really meant to be a character in this movie. He's just sort of meant to set the plot in motion. Right. And sort of set up the the ending, the climax with Dormammu and all the, you know, set up Cobra Kai as the lead heels. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't really need to be that much of a character in his own right, but. I don't know. At the same time, why do you why do you cast a real actor if he's not going to be a real character? Right, exactly. So mm. he's trying to summon the Dormammu guy. Is that right? Dormammu. Yes. Dormammu. Yep. The the shit cloud, I think. The Dormammu cloud. definitely sounds like a guy managed by Gary Hart, world class in nineteen. 19- <laughs> yes. Gary he was uh, he was one of Kevin the- versus Dormammu. Next Dormammu managed by Gary Hart. He's definitely been mentioned in a uh, Kevin Sullivan rant and a <laughs> championship yes. wrestling from Florida. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, what's yeah. funny is I loved Dormammu in the comics. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like what, not to go off another, um, another uh, movie uh, franchise, but it's kind of like what they did with Galactus in uh, Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, not a great look, comparison. That's another, is it? That's, another, that's another franchise podcast for another day. But um, uh, I like Dormammu. That that was maybe my one disappointment was that he was a shit cloud instead of actually seeing yeah. him. He's a big, <laughs> tall. You know, he's tall with the black legs and the and the copper and the fire. He's an amazing giant fucking demon with his head on fire. How do you? Yeah, get it's tall? fucking great. And he's a shit cloud. You're he's like gas. And. Yeah. You know, again with Mads Mikkelsen, I mean, he, he'll always be Le Chief to me and a, a great bad guy, Bond bad guy and an amazing actor and a family of great actors. Um, but yeah, I think. And golfers, right? Phil and golfers, yes. <laughs> yes. The Mikkelsens versus the Von Erichs versus the Von Erichs. Yes. Great matches back in the 70s. Uh, Mikkelsen and Danish. And, nah. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, uh, I read somewhere, it might be this wiki. But I read somewhere that they they uh, what I like about the character is um, Dormammu's kind of like Sauron, sort of this mysterious, uh, not if I'm using the right word, corporeal. Like he's not a you can't picture him as a as a being. He's just mm. a 
a just, shit cloud. A shit cloud. A, a just presence. Like, and, and just, like, just like Sauron's a flaming vagina. Kind of the same thing, you know? Yeah. But, but, uh, uh, but like Sauron in Lord of the Rings, uh, uh, Cassilius is his human kind of vessel. And I didn't hate that. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Because, uh, again, I was a, a big Dormammu fan um, in the comics. So, but yeah, you probably could have found some other second tier actor to play him and be okay. Like, you could have put Mads Mikkelsen in a better place somewhere in this franchise and given him justice. I agree. With yeah, because now you kind of can't use him again. Yeah, right? Exactly. You're shot. You, you, you use that bullet and you can't put it back in the gun. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could. You could use him again. Just give him a haircut. He'll <laughs> be fine. Yeah. Shave his head. Yeah. Make him make him the other sundial. Take him out of the Terry Garvin School of Defense. <laughs> so my memory of the events becomes shaky towards the end of this. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Well, you get uh, the. I mean, the fight in the. You get the first fight, which is kind of hard to follow. Where like Strange is trying to figure it out as he's going, and he keeps flipping around, and like. I, I was actually, this is one of the few scenes I was wondering what it was like to see on the big screen. Yes, um, I'm sure good. you guys all saw it in the theater, but yes. like I, I specifically remember watching this on my phone at the gym. So like it was, it was very <laughs> tiny. Okay, that's, um, yeah, brought nothing to the table there. You know, where I've watched the most of these, pretty much all of these films were on my phone. So uh, I've upgraded to the iPad now I do my cardio at home. But um, the watching on my phone, I was like watching. I'm like, wow, this must have been insane on like a giant movie screen. Oh, it was. Like it, these it fucking glass was. windows flying around and everything else. Um, so I thought that that looked cool. And it was like, it was almost like that Ant-Man first, that first chase that we talked about on that episode where he like shrinks down. You're kind of the first time you're in that world. They kind of mimic it here with it's the first time we're like having this weird fight through the city and they're flipping around and Strange is just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Like he's completely out of his league in it. Mm-hmm. And then you get the reveal, too, of the cape, um, which I thought was good. It's the first time we really see the uh, cape of excitement, whatever it's called. Um, cape of excitement. Cape of excitement. Yes. The cape of, yes, oh. the cape the of cape extraordinary of... excitement. Yes. <laughs> but it's good. It's, it was a good way to introduce the cape, too. It, it felt a little like Aladdin in the carpet, honestly. Um, where it has its own little personality, and it comes and helps on the first time. Does and it have it, a name? It does. It's a cloak of levitation. Levitation. Yeah, yes. well, that's a terrible name. Well, yeah, cloak of Exc- cape of excitement is better. Cape but... of extraordinary excitement is better. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, yeah. Take it up with fucking Stan Lee. I mean, God. But it was a good scene watching that all the magic stuff like out of the gate and everything like in there, like him piecing it together, the cape helping him out and tying the guy up with the chains, like all that. I thought was good. Um, I also thought one really good through line through all this that they did a nice job with was all of the broken glass constantly through this movie all calls back to his car accident right so i thought like all that was really cool because like it was in the first scene in that chase with sundial you know go would try to chase down the um queue to get the book and then you get obviously the car accident but then here you get them when they're kind of running through the different that when he's chasing them like it's kind of glass there and then in this scene where they're fighting, right? Like the, the window. Yeah. Stuff. And there's, and there's a thing called the mirror dimension that they flip in and out of which yep. mirror glass. Yeah. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of glass motif and callback through this. And to me, it all plays back to like the shattered glass that are in his hands that led him on this journey. So I don't know if I'm sure it was intentional. I think it probably was, but, and I think it's really well done. Um, 
I like that part of the movie and the motif that they thread all throughout it. So artistic, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I mean, the, uh, the cape, the cloak of excitement is fun. Um, <laughs> a little silly, but not like they they held it back enough that it didn't go like too over the top. I thought uh, Aladdin, the the flying carpet is. <laughs> That's a pretty good comparison. It's funny mm-hmm. now that I think about it. It's got a kind of got a personality, mm-hmm. and uh, it's maybe the only character um, in this movie that likes Stephen Strange. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> really uh, enjoy his company. Mm. Um, but I guess somebody has to. Um, so, it's yeah, the way they give it a little personality, you know? Yeah, I think it's yeah, it should. It does feel like a little Disney-ish, like yeah, um, little... either Aladdin or even like Fantasia or something, like yeah. like this dancing little cape. That's doing its own thing. I mean, you but it's have kind of badass too. So. Yeah, it is. No, it's good. Like I, I liked it. I think it's a good addition. Um, I also like uh, Casilius talking to him when he's trying to like, you know, do the usual heel, trying to get the you know main face on his side by rationalizing with him and explaining his view. I like that he used the science mm-hmm. uh, to try and connect with with Strange. You know, like and yeah. because that's always been Strange's thing right i mean he's obsessed with science and scientists he's a doctor and like he's he's already had a hard time believing all this so mm-hmm. speaking to him on that level was another shrewd way to go about um trying to break him down absolutely oh sorry i was muted um okay anything else to mention before we get to the end we should probably talk about the the thingamabob, the eye of Adamato. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, um, interesting here, which, it's, I mean, it's a real comics artifact, like doohickey that he's, he's always had. But in this movie, they, they turn it into one of the, uh, infinity mm-hmm. stones. So what did this, you think about that change? Uh, pretty smart. I, I kind of like when they, I don't know how to put it like consolidate like concepts mm-hmm. <laughs> in these, these movies where it's, here's the thing, like, you know, the, the Tesseract is a thing called the cosmic cube in the comics. And it does all this stuff that pretty much the infinity gauntlet does. So why not just make it an aspect of the infinity gauntlet? You know, right. I just, I, I think it's kind of shrewd the way that they make these decisions. And it, it serves the story pretty, pretty well. Because you got to figure, like these, these comics are, you know, written on a monthly basis over many, many, many decades. There, there's going to be some overlap of ideas. Whereas, if you're kind of planning it all from the ground up, you wouldn't make those same choices. So I, I don't mind it. Um, it. It is a little weird that, you know, Doctor Strange, the rookie kind of gets all the gifts essentially <laughs> you know just sort of walks in there and takes over mm-hmm. yeah i thought that was kind of weird too like why why did he get it did mm-hmm. i miss that part scott um i i guess the the i'm, I'm trying to look at the backstory i, I guess the ancient one trusted him with it well no he learns about it right like in the library he learns about it yeah he reads the shit out of it and then he keeps trying to open it and it he can't or whatever and then and she dies so yeah Yeah. it's sort of like well i guess 
I guess since I didn't, I was foolish and didn't share this with anyone else. So yeah, well, right. We kind of miss, right. So as he's studying, right. Strange kind of learns about all this stuff and outs her to Mordo and basically says like, she's been using the dark side to that's, what's been keeping her alive all these years. And they kind of portray it as if she's been lying to them all this time. Mm-hmm. And that's what turns Mordo is like, well, fuck you. And then she basically tells Strange, well, like, listen, idiot, like, you're going to have to do the same thing. Like, there's, <laughs> there's going to be a blend. Like, it's not pure good or pure evil. Like, you're going to have to pull from this to be successful yeah. to protect everything. Um, so then we get a couple of things, right? One is Strange gets badly hurt and he's going to go see Rachel McAdams and get fixed. Mm-hmm. And that's a good scene, too, where he's kind of like out of body scene. and he's like yeah. talking her through the surgery. Yes. And then they go back to her again to try and save Sundial. And he says, um, I, lo- I like her reaction when he brings her in. She's like, are you kidding me? She's like super exhausted. Uh, and he <laughs> yeah. brings her in and they can't save her. And that's when yeah, she dies. And he, he kind of takes over her role. And that's what she tells him. Like, you know, you're going to have to you're going to have to break the rules. Basically, you're going to have to play a little dark to to win this thing. Um, and that's when he ends up doing what he does, which we can get to in the finish. But uh, so I thought all that was, you know, pretty well done, like bringing her back in made sense. And they kind of give her a hero's role where she saves both him and she fails in saving the ancient one. But it's not really her fault. But the scene with him walking her through the surgery on him is is pretty fun. Yeah, I like that one, too. Because there's such chaos going on. And he's just like in the middle of a hospital trying to walk her through it. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. If, if I have any, I don't know if I call it a gripe really, but it, it's something that I guess would factor into my, my overall feelings about this movie, uh, that it, it just sort of, I don't know, it, it has kind of a weird message where most of these, especially an origin story, they do that thing that Marvel movies like to do where you have a very unlikable protagonist. And we made the comparison earlier to Tony Stark, which I think that's where you go right away with, with this sort of character. Um, And Tony starts out as a bad person um, because of what he does, right? He's, you know, he's a, a war profiteer and an arms dealer, basically like he's an asshole, but he's an asshole. You want to hang out with, you know, we talked about that. Whereas Stephen strange is, is sort of a bad person in spite of what he does. Like he does a very noble thing for a living. He's a surgeon. He saves people's lives, but he's a total dickhead and you never want to spend a minute with him. And it just sort of feels like his personality is so overpowering throughout this movie. And he doesn't, I don't want to say he doesn't learn anything because he does, but Mm. the way he goes about it is almost, I feel like he didn't get humbled enough. Like this movie just needed to, to break him over its back, fuck him in the ass and and really make him humble. I I know he lost the use of his hands and all this, and he's trying to get, he's trying to get back to that. But the way that they do it is, is so, is so bizarre where he's like, okay, Got it. Now, now I learned all this stuff. Now, how am I going to make it better? How am I going to, you know, force my will onto onto all of this? And I know that they're trying to like blend the cultures and say that, 
you know, it's, it's a little, little bit of column a, a little bit of column B and, and that's, that's what you want ultimately. And I just, I'm like, well, then why the hell didn't the ancient one sundial teach that to her followers in the first place? Right. You just gotta take this guy walking in off the street who's a total douchebag. Well, it had to like, be something where like his will upon them. Yeah, but maybe she I hate to say it's like the Star Wars mystical stuff, right? But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, maybe she just felt like like she gotta read like she was always waiting for the person that was strong enough to do it. And mm-hmm. she knew it was him if she could get him there, right? Like maybe it's just a read that she gets on him that she knows, okay, this is, this is finally the one that has the balance as needed. Mordo is too strict to ever really get mm. it. You know what I mean? Like, but this guy has the edge. He has the experience. He's got kind of the smarts. Like this is the dude that can finally put it together and be the one that's going to protect the world. And when I'm gone. So that's kind of the read. That's like the, the feeling I got on it. Um, it's like a chosen one kind of, aspect to it which yeah that's why i, I felt don't know she's I don't... just been waiting for like that, that yeah i guess i just i don't love that stuff um <laughs> well that's the i think i it's not like she just saw him I was like oh yeah this guy's good you know mm. like I, I feel like there had to be more to it like that she saw enough in him to teach him you know because mm-hmm. i was just looking at it as like these people have been doing this their whole fucking mm. lives and this guy is just an arrogant prick who <laughs> is is here for very self-serving ends it's not really even a maybe that's what she saw in him because that's how she was uh, well, well he's smart enough to get it you know what i mean yeah. like she knows he's like brilliant you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah. like he can his brain can process it if she can get him there through it uh anyway um they also kill wong <laughs> Uh, and this is the first time we see him <laughs> yes <laughs> reverse time right so he kind of uses mm-hmm. this to your point tim it's the time stone in the eye so he saves wong which was good because i was sad when he died for a minute there mm-hmm. um my issue with that is uh i mean i guess we stick up to play later but it just seems like such when they do the time stuff it always seems like such a convenient like why didn't he rewind the time more you know and go back go back even earlier um like that piece of it always messes with my head a bit. Yeah. Well, like it's sort of it's back kind of like time travel, right? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe he knew in every, I don't know. Do you understand the scenarios yet with <laughs> this one? Like, did he know that he can never actually save her and this is as far back as he could go? He might not have read those pages yet. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, but then in the end, right, I, I thought it was a different, unique way that they beat. Dormammu with him creating the infinite time loop to fuck with him and mm-hmm. just keep, you know, it's like give him the Groundhog Day, right? Just like keep, they keep repeating the same thing over and over. You know, I thought that was fucking amazing. Like, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. see that coming at all. Uh, amazing ending um, against a shitty villain. You know, like, <laughs> this whole concept sort of makes that whole thing okay for me. Right. Um, I love the ending of this. That is a very, very original and still pretty satisfying uh, conclusion. The way to, instead of just doing another big giant fight in the sky to trap him in this sort of time loop yeah. <laughs> where he just is, he's fought, like, nothing's going to happen. Like, nobody's going to die or anything. Uh, on the contrary, he's just going to get super annoyed and bored doing this <laughs> over and over again. That's fucking genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hilarious what did you think of that ending scott i loved it i thought it was a great uh creative human way 
to mm-hmm. annoy the shit out of this fart cloud <laughs> to the point where he decides <laughs> to just fucking cave and go, all right, whatever. He just yeah, wears him down with so his pissed. assholery. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. In the end, his he was assholery assholes. saved him and yeah. the whole universe. Yep. It's like so, an annoying kid, right? He's just like, oh my god, like, go the fuck away. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's the best part of it to me is that uh, he took a human ass, a human, mm. a human decision or a human choice that maybe the other sorcerer guys maybe would not have thought of. Look, why don't we just annoy the fucking shit out of him and then I'll make a deal. Right. Trust me. And he did. And that Dormammu would have been completely unprepared for. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, Jesus, what a douche. Your other sorcerer people aren't douches. Well, except the one with the burned out eyes, but he's on my side. But yeah, no, I, I love the ending. I thought the ending was great. I thought it was creative, uh, unique in, mm-hmm. in that, you know, Steve, you know, he is still a sorcerer, but he's still a, a human. And Dormammu couldn't wrap his ar- his lack of his fart cloud around it. <laughs> he couldn't see wrap his head because he didn't have one. Um, and and, you know, uh, the thing Let's put it this way. The thing that the aspect of Steve and Strange that all the other sorcerers hated about him is what saved their ass, his human side. Mm. So it actually was almost like a say, I may be a douche, but I could think outside the box. And mm. it was with a great the time stone. Right. With the time stone. Like you guys just kind of stare at this thing and don't touch it. I can play with it. And hey, look at that. I just saved the fucking world. Ah, yeah. And it was a good reveal yeah. of that stone. Like, right. You know, Tim mentioned earlier, like it was uh as you're following along for the first time watching through these, you're like, oh, shit, that's like another Infinity Stone. You know, and mm-hmm. it's the first we see of it and where it is, which is going to play a big role later. So right. I thought that was um, a good way to intro it. I liked Wong finally laughing at the end, too. Um, it was a good payoff to him yeah. always being stoic. Yeah. Mm. And Mordo's a bitch. Like, I just thought, yeah. you know, he quits at the yep. end. He's a whiny yeah, pussy. Yep. Uh, I really couldn't stand him. But I did like the... Um, <laughs> I did like the credit scene with Thor. I thought that was pretty yes. good. Oh, I love that. Oh, and I love see, that that's too. how you know Strange is a level above Ant-Man, because he gets Thor, not Falcon. He's <laughs> his special guest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Thor's basically like, you know, help me find Odin, and that's going to set up our... And he gets some future. sweet rubber gloves. Yes. Yes, he does. He's going to yeah. wash them dishes. <laughs> I'm ready to do this. King size and wash dishes. <laughs> I must have missed this post credit scene when I was watching, but I guess Mordo steals uh, mm-hmm. the guy's legs. The, you know, yeah. he takes the he takes the he takes the 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 energy sorcery spell that helps him walk, and he just takes right. it away from it. It's kind of cold. It's kind of it's kind of cold. Yeah, it's fucking cold. Yeah, I didn't have it noted. Maybe I did see it, but I don't know. Nah, it's pretty cold. So it feels like he's going to be in the next one, right? I remember sitting through the credits in the theater and going, "I fucking waited for that." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got the Thor one right, and I'm yeah. like, oh fuck, mid credits Thor. They must, they're gonna really do something cool for the actual like post credits at the very end. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? I got a piece so bad, and I just sat here for that every time. <laughs> He's fine as a scene, but goddamn, that's that's the best you got for your post credits. I would have probably. Swap. I would have probably, you know what I would have done? I would have probably flip flopped them. Yeah, I would have had that one in the middle yeah. and the Thor one at the end. Thor at the end, yeah, that's yeah, totally. Because yeah. the Thor one's a big one. I mean, it's you know. that's huge. That's that's a payoff. That's worth it. Because he's the one guy. The other thing about Thor is he's the one Avenger that wasn't involved in Civil War, so he doesn't mm-hmm. know what the fuck's going on. He right. has no clue yeah, what that true. bullshit was was going on. So he's he's cosmic. So he kind of relates to Steven. right? 
uh, you know, so it fit to have him because we didn't see him at all in the last movie. So. Um, all right. Any other final thoughts before we do our awards and ranks? Uh, I didn't know where, where to say this, but I'll just, this is me being a, a spoiled whiny baby. Mm. Um, I, I wanted more from the effects in this. I know we talked about like the stuff, of the astral plane was really cool. The mirror dimension, that kind of, but I'm like, I feel like inception kind of ruined me for effects in movies, like all the stuff with the, the buildings folding up and the city just getting manipulated. Like that would have all been really cool if I hadn't seen inception, you know, six years earlier. Um, so I just, I felt like, like, it's not bad. It's just, I wanted them, I wanted for this kind of movie, the bar to be raised like again, even higher. It just, I don't know. It, it wasn't imaginative enough for me in my complex demands. That's an interesting take because I don't know. I feel like this was sort of next level visually. I agree. Mm-mm. I agree. No? Except no. for a Dormammu, of course. Yeah. That, that so in other cool. words, I'm saying I don't think Justin missed a lot watching it on his phone. What great am I on? I was on the theater and thought. Yeah, you're trying to make him feel better, but the fact is, yeah, he did. <laughs> nah, it, the visuals were amazing. They were amazing, except Dorfar Cloud. That was bad. It sucked. It's like Galactus, like I said, in the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big part of it. But yeah. even just the kind of the cityscape stuff where they're bending reality and just, I'm like, kind of been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so where are we at um, on these awards? Let's go with favorite character, Justin. Um, probably Wong. That's a good choice, Tim. Well, it ain't Rachel McAdams. <laughs> it ain't Sundial. So I guess I guess we'll say Wong by default. <laughs> Scott. Uh, yeah. I I, I mean, not counting. Steven. I, although I did like Tilda Swinton. I did like her. But I'm going to go with Wong, too. I think he added, he was a good part of levity compared to everybody else. Yeah, clean sweep for Wong. Unless we're going to count the Cape of Excitement. Well, I guess you could call him a character. Yeah. Cape of I enjoyed the Cape. I did, too. Um, worst like character. At the end, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's too seconds. Mm. Least favorite, Tim. Mordo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, probably Q. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just wasn't happening for me. Mm, is Dorm? I mean, do we say Dormammu? Is he even a character? Like, no, oh, I think he is. Thing. No, I think he is, and he's. If we're, count- if we're counting Dormammu, then Dormammu is the worst. I mean, he is the ultimate got bad guy in the movie. But yeah. that's but he doesn't have a lot of time. Like Mordu eats up a bunch of time and he sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Inventing that story at the beginning probably wasn't good. He probably should have already been a he. You know what they honestly should have done? They should have skipped. What they should have done is not even bothered with Q Lashif Lashif Q and mm-hmm. had Mordo as that bad guy already. And that way we could have yeah. skipped all the tweener bullshit going on in the first yeah you know, well they're trying to build to it i think yeah. i think he's gonna be in the second one it's pretty clear no I mean, he's it's one of those things that, <laughs> yeah that's you know what that's one of those things that doesn't serve these movies sometimes when you're you're looking too far ahead to your next movie mm-hmm. 
and, and kind of taking your eye off the prize, what you got in front of you, maybe Mordo suffers for that. This is, it's, you know, just an example of, okay, let's, let's not let this one get away from us. We need this movie to work on its own terms before we try to set up a sequel that let's face it will probably happen because all these movies are successful, but right. I don't know. Um, not super necessary. Yeah. It's, it's really between him and Q. I mean, they could have, they could have just, yeah, made them the same character. It's fine. Yeah. I'm going to go with Dormammu for that one. Me too. Uh, favorite scene, Scott. Oh, definitely. Uh, when, when Sundial, the ancient Sundial takes, uh, Steven on that fucking trip. I mean, that's just, Mm -hmm. that's just next level old school Marvel, you know, Stan, Jack, Ditko travels imagination stuff that they Mm -hmm. did in the books. It was fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing. Exactly. That's my pick too. Yeah, Yeah. exactly what the movie. Agree. And I don't have a problem with the visuals, the effects in that scene. (laughs) That's the kind of stuff I want to see. Yeah, it's probably that. With a close second being the surgery scene where he is narrating how to fix himself. Yes. That was a great scene, but like, it's just like, we already know he's like awesome. So like, you know, like at at his job, I don't Mm -hmm. really know why we had to do all that. But anyway, um, was there another category? Write him down. No. No, I think that's it. Okay. Um... That leads us to our rankings. Let's do it, Scott. <sighs> I <laughs> Tim's like, I'm glad Scott's going first. Uh, yes. The um, I absolutely, regardless of the of the uh, poor um, uh, the poor bad guys and stuff. I absolutely loved this movie. I went into it with very high expectations, and this is the second straight. Uh, episode of this fine show where I had a grade in the beginning, but then our show made me raise it, believe it or not, uh, even though we criticized a decent amount of stuff. But I love the visuals. I love Steven's story. Um, and even though I didn't like the visual of Dormammu, the fact he was in it is is what I, oh, I wanted because that's the ultimate bad guy for Strange. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going a little high on this, but I'm going to go eight and a half. All right. Um, okay. Justin? Yeah, so I kind of my baseline for these intro stories. Um, right, like kind of like the more advanced ones go a little higher, but the ones that are introing new character, going over the backstory, giving us a basic story, usually settle in, right? So it's like kind of the first Thor, the first Captain America, Ant-Man. Like those are all kind of like one genre to me. Um, and I... Uh, I liked this well enough. Like, I, I think I liked it a touch better than Ant-Man because of a lot of the um, the way they move through and some of the graphic stuff and everything. So I went 8.25. Like, I was pretty well done. For a movie, I think what helped me, too, was my low expectations. I went in really thinking, like, I just wanted to get through it, and then I ended up digging it. 8.25. Okay. Tim, where are you at? This is going to sound harsh, and it's not... Really, it's just, I feel like I've given too many sevens already, so I'm giving this a six and three quarters. <laughs> um, but it's more like a low seven, honestly. 
Um, I just where is it on Chad's ten point scale? Uh, <laughs> if you know what, if if anyone could could explain that ten point scale to me, I, I could probably translate it. But I, I you know, I have a hard time with that kind of conversion. So, uh, yeah, I just again, I, I wanted more from just the effects and the visuals. And I also just found myself at the end of the day, not liking the lead character as much as I kind of felt like I should have, or, or as much as I wanted to, despite the fact that he'd gone on this, you know, whole odyssey and this whole self-discovery thing and became a better version of his, of himself. I kind of didn't feel that. Um, and the other characters are just, almost non-entities like there's not a whole lot mm-hmm. to to grab onto here mm-hmm. um from a character standpoint right. now i do think that kind of gets better um in subsequent entries like i like dr strange more in the other movies he's mm-hmm. in rather than his own so far so that's a mild spoiler <laughs> <laughs> i think like roxette saying it's just a fun joyride <laughs> exactly <laughs> yep um, so I'm going to go seven. I think this is a good movie. It's really hard to follow, um, Civil War. I think, um, it's not the best. I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, he's a really good actor. Um, he does what he can, I think, with this and is good in it, but, mm. um, I would like maybe him to be another character in the MCU. Um, I really like the visuals. Any particular character or just a different character? Just a different character. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> like this guy, I feel like could be anybody. Like Benedict's sort of like next level. So I don't okay. know. Um, and, you know, the female role is kind of crap. And the <laughs> secondary roles are kind of not the best. Even the though Wong was... Crap. You know, um, and then the sort of shitty villains. So it's got to be on the lower end for me. I think seven feels right. I don't know. Which I mean, on a 10 point scale, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. All right. So that would bring us to our rankings. Um, Scott. All right. So this is what I have from bottom to top. Uh, Thor, the dark turd four. Uh, Incredible Hulk five and a half, Avengers Age of Ultron six and a half, Iron Man three seven, Ant Man seven and a quarter, uh, Thor seven and a half, Civil War seven and a half, Avengers seven and a half, Guardian seven and three quarters, uh, First Avenger seven and three quarters, Iron Man two eight, Iron Man eight and a quarter, Doctor Strange eight and a half, and Winter Soldier nine and three quarters. Tim. Okay, so you like to do best movie first, right? I do, yes. You say that that, that's the correct way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Wrong. I guess I'll do it your way just to see how I feel. Because I've never done it. I've never Mm. done it that way. Mm. Well, just try it. See if you like it. I'll try it. I'll try. Okay, it's all we can do. My best at a perfect 10 is The Avengers. Second best at a nine and a half. What we just covered, Captain America Civil War. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in third, Iron Man at a 9.25. Then we've got Captain America the Winter Soldier at a 9. 
Captain America, the first Avenger. You might be noticing a pattern. Eight mm. and three quarters. Guardians of the Galaxy, 8.25. Avengers, Age of Ultron, eight. Thor, seven and three quarters. Iron Man, Q at a seven. Ant-Man, also at a seven. Those two tied, kind of switch back and I go back and forth on which of those I like better, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, and what we just talked about, Doctor Strange, six and three quarters. Then I've got Iron Man, three, sitting at a six and a half. Thor, the third world, 6.25. Incredible Hulk shit, four. I, all liked, right. I liked it all right that way. Yeah. Feels good, right? I'm going to do it the right way, from worst <sighs> to first. I have Incredible Bag of Shit Hulk at four, Thor Dark World at seven, and then Captain America, the first Avenger, seven, seven, five, Ant-Man at eight, Thor at eight, Iron Man one at eight. Uh, it feels funny to have Doctor Strange above those, but I do. 8.25, yeah. Iron Man two at eight and a half, Iron Man three at 8.75, Guardians at nine, and then Avengers at nine, and then Ultron nine and a quarter. Civil War nine and a half and Z Winter Soldier at ten. Hmm. All right. So by very controversial ratings. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> you could always change them. Uh no, they're locked forever. There's no changing them. Like mm-hmm. Dave Meltzer, and don't go back mm-hmm. and regrade. Yep. <laughs> All right. So I have um Winter Soldier and Civil War. Both at 9.5. So I'm going to go um, Civil War, number one. Okay. Winter Soldier, number two. Um, Avengers Age of Ultron, number three. Number four would be Iron Man, three. Number five, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Number six would be Avengers. Number seven would be Iron Man. Number eight would be Thor. Nine, Ant-Man. Ten, where am I at? Jesus Christ. Ten would be Iron Man. Two, eleven would be Captain America, the first Avenger. Twelve, um, Thor, the Dark World. Well, I didn't even put Doctor Strange on there. What the fuck? Whatever. Anyway, it's fine. My rankings are trash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Let's wrap it up. Anything y'all want to plug? Nah, just check out all our shit. Yep, I agree. Yes, please do. Alright. Thanks for listening to The Journey Through Infinity, and good night. Strange. It's a strange ride. An amazing cape.